Welcome to The Extra Pass, episode two, presented by Melbourne United. Uh, my name's Ben Hopkins. I'm joined by my co-host, Adam Ballinger. Balls, how are you today? I'm doing great, man. Doing great. Happy to be here for episode two. We made it. Yeah, we made it. Not cancelled after episode yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, we're doing That all right. was the hope. Uh, and we're lucky enough to be joined here by new Melbourne United signing, Tanner Krebs. Tanner, how are you, mate? Good. I'm uh, excited to be here. Uh, who came up with the name? It definitely it was wasn't Golding. Everyone keeps asking that. It was me. <laughs> Definitely wasn't Golding, was like it? it? He didn't right. have the extra. He didn't. No, 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 no. Chris, no, he's not an extra passer. He's a receiver. It's basic, but it gets to the point. It's we clever. Something, yeah. something united y. Yeah, it's clever. I like it. We went through a lot of different names, but this one seems to work nah, out. You it's found a good one. I like it. I like that. Oh, I appreciate that. That's that's all I need to hear. You're just trying to good butter start. me up. Yeah, I was going to hit him start. with really hard <laughs> questions, but now I'll go easy on him. Uh, no, what's it been like? You're down here in Melbourne um, for a bit. What's it been like enjoying the city? Yeah, I love Melbourne. Uh, always love Melbourne. Um, I used to come here a little bit as a kid. Um, big footy fan, so I always used to love coming to the games and uh, Bombers fan. So um, It's been a rough time. It's been a rough few years, a oh, few decades, but um, no, we're starting to get on the right track a little bit, I think. Uh, there's definitely an aura within the footy club and within the fans that, um, no, I like what the direction the club's going in. Balls, do you ever pick up an AFL team? Or? Yeah, Bombers, actually. There we go. Oh, yeah, really? That's the, what the I like bombs, to hear. Bombers, Bombers. I was, uh, my, my wife, her whole family was, Bombers everything, so I, I didn't have a choice. Yeah, fair enough. I'm a Lions man, so we had a real, real high when I was young and then real, real low when I was sort of, coming up and now now we're back we're back up so it feels good thanks for joe danaher just sort of that's getting, all him, right. getting him in a good spot that's now he okay can kick as many goals as he wants for us <laughs> um what's the off season been like for you is it is it i always find it interesting what what pros do in the off season are you just is it non-stop working on the game obviously you're playing nbl one at the moment but um you know what's it been like do you like to you know try to take some time away to travel or is it gaming just time for yourself what's that been like um yeah i like to take some time off um just kind of recoup recover um just switch the brain off a little bit you know the seasons are long um they're intense so you know try to kind of reset and then usually that takes about a week or two and then by then i'm like <laughs> man i need to get back into yeah, it like i'm bored <laughs> i gotta i gotta get back into it so um yeah, I like to you know, I like to game a lot. Um, it's kind of my like downtime and my peace. Um, really, I'm really kind of just a homebody, so I just like to hang out around the house and just yeah find things to do. So um, that's kind of what I do in my off season. Really, just watch movies, play video games. Um, What's the go to game at the moment? <sighs> Call of Duty, I think, is kind of what I'm playing a little bit. Warzone. Yeah, a bit of Warzone, just a bit of like multiplayer. Um, I started playing Madden as well. I play a bit of golf too. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, so I enjoy getting out and. Uh, oh, actual, not video game golf. No, 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 golf. actually <laughs> physically <laughs> playing. I do play the video game I golf. I got into too. the PGA game and I it's was like, fun. this makes me want to have a hit. Yeah. And then I was just down in, I was just down away with my partner's family and they, uh, my partner's dad is elite at golf and her brother is okay at golf. And then. I am, I, I don't know how, like, terrible I can make myself sound at golf. Balls ever, ever get out on the, on the I've, golf I've course? I've tried it a few times. My dad loves it. Always, you know, teammates always loved it. I just couldn't stick with it. I couldn't make it past two or three holes. But disc golf, 
I'm a disc golf. Disc golf. Yeah. Yeah, you heard it here first. I love disc golf. So much easier. So much more mm-hmm. fun, especially when you're first getting into it. I played a little bit in college. It was a good Did time. You really? Yeah, yeah in California especially. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be a bigger sport. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it is. I guess it's always important to, to have a bit of time and get away and, and really reset because they're intense seasons. Like, few, you know, multiple games a week and they're hard-fought games. as a physical league. Balls, what, what did you think yourself? You know, obviously you played in a, a slightly different era, but what, what was your go-to after the season finished? No, I think you made a good point of, like, you need to relax and step back a little bit, and then you say, well, and after about a week, you know, <laughs> I think everybody's thinking off for, like, three months. But it is that you, you go about a week, you think, oh, okay, I've had enough time off, or two weeks maybe, three weeks even. But after that, you got to get back into it because you got to stay in shape, uh, and you might as well. I, one thing I wish I would have done, I wish I would have played more in the offseason. I didn't play as much. I was – because I'm not from here, I was concentrating on going home until I started my family and things like that. But, um, you, you know, you might as well play in some lower leagues and stay in shape and get a little bit of money for it. It just makes it a little bit easier. Mm, well, you've been playing NBL 1. Obviously, you had a really great year with Gold Coast last season and, you know, putting up strong numbers. And Gold Coast going pretty well. Um, you know, what's what's the standard of play up there? Obviously, the NBL 1 South down here in Melbourne, a pretty strong competition, a few of our guys playing in it. Yeah, NBL 1 North, um, an incredibly strong league. Um Every game you play, there's three, two or three NBL guys on each team. So the competition is so high. And um, my coach, my coach at college, Randy Bennett, once said the best way to stay in shape is not to get out of shape. So, um, yeah, it's it's really important to hone your skills and stay in shape. So the NBL will win, whether it it be the south, the north, the west, wherever it is, it's, you know, it's awesome just to be able to play and play the game you love yeah well it's great to hear and look we'll get into a bit about you know you coming to melbourne and and why you wanted to to join this team we'll take a quick break and we'll be back with the extra pass after this melbourne united memberships are on sale now lock in your seat for the most exciting show in australian sport and guarantee you're there for every highlight across next season to find out more go to membership.melbourneutd.com.au and we're back with Tanner Krebs on the Extra Pass presented by Melbourne United. Um, obviously, a massive thing, and it was a massive move for you to to come down to Melbourne. Can you take us through, you know, a bit about why you wanted to come join this club? Um, one of the main reasons I wanted to join the club was uh, you just look at the past players and some of the players I've had relationships with, like Jock Landale, you know, I went to college with and played with him, played in some really big games, and, you know, just the success he's had ever since coming to Melbourne. And then after that, Jack White um, went to the AIS with him and played on some national teams with him and seeing his success now and um, just the rich history of the club, um, championships. Um, I'm a winner. I like to think of myself as a winner and I'm competitive and I want to win. And I felt that Melbourne United was the best place for me to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Balls, over the course of your career, you know, you obviously 12 years in the NBL, how much did that come into your decisions on where you wanted to play and, and when you were looking, you know, at that sort of stuff in the off-season, just, you know, wanting to be at a winning club rather than, you know, potentially maybe getting a, a greater opportunity somewhere else? Yeah, it's a balancing act. You know, you got to weigh up who wants you if you want to go to a winning club that doesn't want you. Um, that's kind of tough to get there. Um, and then, you know, once you get set in a spot and you, you start to get a family and things like that, it's harder to move around. I would have rather been at winning clubs. I think I would have happily given up a, a little bit of 
money it's not like we were making that much back then anyways but um winning is a lot more fun in, in anything you know no matter what level of sport you're at if you're winning you're, you're just enjoying your life a little bit more uh and, but it doesn't always work out that way as far as you can't really pick where you want to go and, but sometimes you can other times you just got to be if you know if you're paying money to get played basketball it's a pretty good deal yeah and you talk about winning and two elite level winners on all levels on this team that you're joining um you know you got Matthew Delvadova, Chris Golding, um, you know, we're around the same age. I know coming up, those were guys that just as a basketball fan, I was just like, well, these guys are on another level. What's it like to, you know, join a team with a couple of guys that you grew up watching? Yeah, it's uh, extremely exciting. Um, I can't wait, you know, to get in amongst it and just be a sponge and just learn off these guys. And um I'm excited to get to know them personally as well. Um, I've had a little bit to do with Delhi, just with that St. Mary's connection, but not a whole lot. And then same with Golding, like I haven't, you know, been rivals really kind of and just playing against each other. So it'd be nice to kind of be on the other side of that and get to know them and just build relationships with them. And then hopefully that can carry over onto the court and we can just feed off each other a little bit. But yeah, um, Two legendary players in Australian basketball, and yeah, it would be a privilege to play alongside them and compete with them. Talk us, talk us a bit about the St Mary's connection, and, and you can sort of jump in balls. Obviously, you know you you didn't play with Delhi, and but we've also got you know you got Delhi, you got Kyle Bowen coming in. You know we've had Jock in the past. You know what sort of relationships and and I guess what sort yeah what sort of relationships get formed within those college walls and, and even with alum and, and guys who played there in the past? Yeah, it's um, it's really interesting because I see similarities between Melbourne and St. Mary's in the terms of it's like a family, right? So one thing I noticed and one thing that gets talked about a lot about St. Mary's is the people that always come back and visit and during the summers are playing pickup and doing all that and everyone comes back to St. Mary's, all the alum, everyone, every year. They always go back, and I get that same feeling from Melbourne. Um, we were talking about it the other day, like Jack White and Landell and all those guys who were doing playing elsewhere are all going to come back here during their off-season to work out and scrimmage and do all that. So um, it's very similar, and you can see the like the similarities in like the close-knit and the family style, and um, I think it kind of attracts one another. So like for me... That was a big attraction point coming here was I saw those similarities and I think that just breeds success um, when you have that culture within the club. So, yeah, um, it's awesome and it's exciting. Yeah, I think it's hard to get that in a, a professional club uh, and to have that here is pretty unique. But college, like you went to college for five years, so did I. Five years is a long, long time. It's a lot of college and it's a lot of basketball. Like it's a real commitment. I know you were redshirted your first year. I did the same thing. First of all, you're going into a place and you, you're like, okay, for a whole year, <laughs> I don't get to touch the court. I just got to practice, weights, running, all that kind of stuff. And it's a lot of pressure. And there's a lot of pressure the coaches put on you. The coaches have a lot of pressure to win. So it really brings you together. It brings the team together. Like to get through some of those moments, you've got to be close knit. You've got to be friends. You've got to be hanging out off the court. It's a pretty unique experience. Um, it's not for everybody, but uh, to get through it, it definitely makes you a better player coming out. Or at least that's how I felt. Yeah, and even just touching on what both of you guys just said, I want to get into a mailbag question we got from Jake. Um, and it can be for both of you, obviously, you know, pretty distinguished college careers. Um, who was your biggest college rival and 
Can you talk us through how intense those games were? Oh, mine's easy. It's Gonzaga every year. Um, yeah, those games were nuts. Um, to give an example, uh, whenever we would play at Gonzaga, they would do a thing where they would camp, like the students would camp out for a week. <laughs> so they'd be on like their main lawn and all sh- students would just camp out to get tickets. Their so students. Get, yeah, their oh. students just to get games. So when we were coming into town and then um, like just insanity, like it was also snowing yeah, up in Spokane at the time. So smaller, smaller stadium too, right? Like how yeah, many it's like 8,000, 9,000. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's actually quite small, yeah. but just nuts. And yeah, then yeah. their student section we would be there two and a half hours before the game and their student section was already packed to the brim. And chanting just and chanting and, <laughs> and throwing <laughs> insults. Yeah. They knew everything. They about knew everything you. and yeah, yeah. Knew, yeah, know everything about you. They yeah, knew yeah, more yeah. about me than I knew about myself. <laughs> and can you give an example of like something you're warming up, just shooting free throws, and then someone just comes something out of left field? Like, how the heck do you know that? Something like, I think one time I was like there warming up, and someone started chanting like, like girlfriend from when I was like thirteen or something, <laughs> like chanting a name. <laughs> And I was so confused. <laughs> and I was like, what is he saying? And yeah. then I f- picked up what are you saying? I was like, there's no way. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Does, that, does that stuff really, does that rattle you? Oh, it's funny. Nah, not really. I kind of laugh. I just think it's, it's all part of it. And it's kind of fun. And, you know, they're, they're there. Like, I don't know who they are, but they know who I am. So I kind of look at it like that. But it's, no, it's cool. It's fun. And um, it's what sports is about, right? Like, just enjoying it and you know if people want to throw shade and bring excitement to the game then go for it like i'm not it doesn't bother me and i guess it's real highs and lows like it's so much intensity in those games and then you know when you get those big wins obviously gonzaga they would would have usually been ranked above you guys and and stuff like that yeah i think we played them every time uh, played them like four or five times when they were number one in the country and we beat them once Big storm the court moments. Yeah, we beat them in the conference tournament when they were number one in the country to go to the NCAA tournament. And, yeah, I think they were like – I think they had to do ESPN do the rank, like the percentages of the win to start the game. And I think it was like (laughs) 99.5% chance of them winning the game. And then just slowly seeing that graph go down towards us throughout that's, the game was all, crazy. That's just all bulletin ball stuff. That's yeah, board yeah. stuff. Just stuff you put up in the in the locker room. Like no one's given us a chance. No, nah, no. Nah. It was um, one of the best feelings of my life was that winning that game. So um, no, every time we beat Gonzaga was a pretty special feeling and amazing. But it was a good. It's a good rivalry. Um, very well respected rivalry. So um, no, those games were a lot of fun. I miss playing in those. Balls, you had just some pretty. Intense showdowns with Michigan. Yeah, Michigan by far was our our biggest rivalry. Um, And it's like a true hate, you know, like they really, students, especially the students, they really hate the other students. (laughs) Like they had to like guard the, uh, there's a Spartan statue that gets guarded for like a week leading up to the games because, you know, the rival schools come and trying to paint it like movie type stuff, but it, it does actually happen. And then, yeah, the games were intense, man. They were intense. I was lucky enough to be on some really good teams and we usually got the best of Michigan. Actually, my whole time there, we did, and they beat us once my senior year. But um, it was a big deal, man. It was a big deal to, to play in those games and to win them. And there's certainly a buzz on campus after you, after you beat your rival. Yeah, and look, it's it's pretty exciting, that stuff, you know, stuff like that. And 
I can imagine also pretty exciting getting to represent Australia at the at the junior level. Um, you know, I was I was having a look um, under f- under 19s 2015 World Championship. It was a pretty stacked Australia team. Can you take us through those memories getting to put on the green and gold and and share the court with you know a lot of guys that that are playing overseas, playing in the NBL now? There's a heap of talent on that team. Yeah, um, anytime you get to put on the green and gold, it's such a special moment. Um, that was the first time I think I represented Australia at a like world five on five event. So, um, yeah, real honor for me. My mum, my stepdad were there to watch in Greece, so that was really cool. Um, but yeah, like you touched on, there were some really talented players on that team. Uh, Jack White, DJ Vasilovic, um, Jordan Hunter, um, Angus Glover. Feel, Angus Glover, yeah, Angus Glover. Man, I feel bad. Jack McVeigh. Yeah. Um, Gordon. He? No, his brother Dang oh. was on it. Um, playing in Europe right now. Um, yeah, just the list goes on. Players on that team, and uh, to be can put in that category of those guys was really cool. Um, but yeah, my it's just kind of makes you inspired to continue playing for Australia and you know making. Yeah, trying to get those opportunities to put the uh, jersey back on. Yeah, and obviously last game you probably didn't maybe achieve what you wanted to. I think played out in that seven eight game against Spain, but you know last game of the tournament you go for thirty one. You know what's that feeling like? Just you know in a huge game against Spain, who's obviously a basketball powerhouse, even at the junior level. What's that like, regardless of what you pa- what you're playing for? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, a lot, a lot of fun. Um, it was weird. It's just I. Just got looks that game. I don't know why. It just happened to be that game. I was just getting open shots and I was able to knock them down. Um, uh, I was, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, I think I had like, it's, everyone talks about the 31 points, but I think I had like eight or nine turnovers that game too. So on inbounds passes too, I couldn't, throw, to I, couldn't I couldn't figure out how to throw the <laughs> ball in. And uh, Adam Capehorn was our coach. And I remember he was just, because I was making shots, he had such a mixed emotion <laughs> because I kept turning the ball over every time. And then, but I'd come down and make a three the next time down. And he was just like, didn't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I felt bad. But um, no, just, yeah, that whole tournament was a lot of fun. And playing at a World Cup on the biggest stage as a junior is really special. And I just look at the talent that was on other teams playing like USA, Jalen Brunson, Jason Tatum. Which are there? Um, I saw Zubac. I saw Zubac Canada. from Croatia was playing there. I saw Canada. Dylan Brooks cooked Dylan you guys Brooks, a couple of times. Dylan Brooks did cook us. He actually dunked on Whitey pretty badly. Um, oh, we're gonna have to find sorry, that clip, Jack. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I remember that pretty vividly. He was still carrying on like he still does today too, <laughs> which is pretty funny. But um, yeah, just um, incredible talent and. Big, real big name players now that were playing in that tournament. And you talk to guys um, who previously played in these tournaments. Like I remember talking to Emmett Nah about this stuff and he said, man, it was just so cool now seeing all the guys that were at that Worlds that have gone on to play in the NBA and not just play in the NBA, but are just superstars in the league. So, yeah, that's a pretty cool aspect of it. Yeah, no, it is cool. And I can imagine someone like Big Zubas was... Like, still a mountain of a man back then. Monster. Yeah, absolute monster. Um, Croatia, it was pretty funny because Croatia 
ended up finishing second and actually nearly beat the USA. But they only had seven players on their team because the rest were all sponsored by, I think they were sponsored by Adidas. It's like individual sponsors. Yeah, individual sponsors. But their, uh, like the national team sponsor was Jordan. So they wouldn't let them play on the oh national geez. team until the last minute. So they only had seven guys and they ran through the tournament with their seven guys. And it was like, I think the guys that were out were like their best players, some of their best players too. So they probably would have won it. But I still remember just seeing their bench empty and just rotating seven guys. It was crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. Well, I got another mailbag here. This one from Sarah. And I can imagine it's potential. I can imagine who you might give an answer for. Another one for, for both of you guys, but who's the strongest guy you've played against or with? And I can imagine you might lean towards Bainesy, but who knows? Yeah, 100% Bainesy, yeah. Bainesy's just set some mean screens. Um, luckily, I was um, starting, so I was playing in the starting group, and he was setting the screens for me. But there was, during the preseason, it definitely copped a fair few. Um, another one I can think of, while playing at college was uh, Rui Hachimura. Really? Uh, yeah. Um, I've played for the Lakers now, but um, yeah, I had to match up on him a few times when playing against Gonzaga. And yeah, he would uh, throw his weight around a little he bit and muscle. He's just, he's, just, he's just a massive athlete. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think some people are surprised at actually how big he is. Yeah, he's huge. And just that was fun always having to guard him. What about you, Balls? Well, we talked about it last episode probably, but Perro Cameron is the the strongest person I've ever naturally strong to. Um, he would be number one, but some other guys like uh, I don't know if you remember Reggie Evans. Remember Reggie Evans oh, yeah, played yeah, in the yeah. NBA, trying to block him out on the on the free throw line was nearly impossible. He was just the rebounding goat. Like he was just yeah, you couldn't block him out on a free throw. It was like you, I don't you didn't know what to do, um, and you get in big trouble if you give up an offensive board on a free throw in college. Um, and then like remember Bobby Brannon. He played for Brisbane. He played for Brisbane back in the day. He's called Baywatch. He was, he was jacked. Uh, and then there's some other ones. Uh, Zach Randolph was another guy who's incredibly naturally strong. Didn't lift a whole lot of weights either. Yeah, I, I always think I always think of Nate, big Nate Jawai. Like he just, oh yeah, it didn't matter. It didn't yes. matter what the time of game is or how yeah, many no. minutes he'd played. It felt like, or how old he was, he would just come in and just yeah, yeah. push someone out of the way and get an O board and put it in. Just crazy. I remember a time with Nate, my first year playing at Brisbane, and he was setting a screen on an on-ball screen in the backcourt. He could have wiped me out, like <laughs> completely wiped me out, but he kind of just like Let hugged me a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> it was really nice. And I remember that, Nate. So thank you for that, man. That was uh, meant a lot. Did you have any of those in your first year, like a real rookie moment or, or anything that stood out where it was just like, oh man, I'm at I'm at a different level now. Like college is crazy, but you know, something is different here. I think just the intelligence that players have. Um, I talk a lot about Jason Kadee and just how smart and his basketball IQ is. And I just remember like those first few training sessions, just watching him kind of just control the game and control the tempo. And I've never really been around a player kind of like that. I think the closest I can compared to was probably Emmett Nair in college. He did a really good job of that. But Jace is just a whole different level of just being able to, like, control the flows of the game. And that kind of stood out to me as something I was like, wow, okay, I'm really, like, this is next level of guys playing. And I think as you get older, 
that kind of comes with it a little bit, but also just I think it's testament to how talented the league is and how good these pl- like players have to be. So, yeah, I think that's one thing that really stood out for me. Yeah, I feel like that's something you can see in the NBL, especially with some of the vet players. They just they can just take it to another level, and it's just it's just a different level of intelligence. Well, we're going to take one more break, and then we're going to come back with Fast Five with Balls. He's gonna we're gonna have some fun. He's gonna throw some some curly questions at you, and uh, yeah, sweet. <laughs> and we'll be back after this break. Want to stay up to date with everything happening in Melbourne United? Download the Melbourne United app today. Filled with videos, audio, and articles about your favourite team the one-stop shop for everything Melbourne United. Download the Melbourne United app via the App Store on iOS or the Google Play Store on Android. And we're back here on the Extra Pass with Tanner Krebs presented by Melbourne United. And I'll hand it over to you, Balls, for, uh, I know, probably your favourite part of the show. You ready? This is a fast five with Balls. Been waiting for this the whole time. Now we're on to the, uh, the fun stuff. Yeah, they're hard-hitting, so I hope you're ready. All right, Tanner's a pretty unique name. Not a whole lot of Tanners around. What are you, who are your five, top three Tanners of all time? <laughs> me, me, and me. Because <laughs> I looked it up, I Googled it, and there's not, there's not a whole lot. Nah, it's pretty not unique. Many. Yeah, it's a very unique name. There's some uh, NASCAR ri- drivers, I think. I think they like half of those guys are named Tanner. But other like than that, a, it's a very American it name. It is a very American name. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. Your dad's American. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I knew a Tanner in high school. Tanner Runkle. Uh, good Jack. guy. Awful at basketball, though. <laughs> Actually, there was a kid... Uh, it's not at St. Mary's, but lived in like the college town, and they used to come to the games. And their f- his name was Tanner Krebs, same name. Oh, really? No, yeah, no kidding. The Krebs huh. family, yeah, it was super weird. Maybe that's. But it was cool. Yeah. So you got to put him in the. Top I, yeah, he, I'll chuck him. him maybe, yeah, I'll yeah. chuck him at there. No, I'll <laughs> chuck him number one, and then <laughs> me and me. Hopefully, he's listening. Yeah. All right. All right. Five years of college. All right, man. That's a lot of pizza. A lot of pizza. Do you have a go-to order, or did you have a go-to spot you used to go to? Uh Mountain Mike's. Is our pizza spot. Uh, they used to do the mountain pizza, which would probably about the size of this table. Yeah, it was nuts, but that was a good. Yeah, that was a good spot. Mike's that sounds that sounds nice. It yeah. sounds like fun. What's mm. it go? What was the topping on the? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a meat lovers. Yeah, yeah. Everything. Yeah, yeah. All right, you spent the last three years in Brisbane. Do you know why they call it Bris, Bris Vegas? Any clues up there as to why they would call it Bris Vegas? Um. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Have you I, been yeah, to Vegas? Yeah, yeah, I've been to Vegas. Is there any comparison? No, whatsoever? absolutely not, <laughs> compared to, not compared to Vegas, but I'm thinking if in terms of Australian cities, it's probably the closest. The closer. Yeah, that in Gold Coast. Very yeah, I like Gold Coast. Gold Coast is probably more like Vegas, just yeah. on the beach a little bit. I always hear Bris Vegas. I always thought it was because it's like Vegas. I think it's, it's an ironic I think it's actually, yeah, yeah. I think it's it is an a bit ironic. ironic. Name. I think it's a bit That's like. That's even like on Wikipedia. The, yeah, so, yeah. They're taking the piss out of yeah, it yeah, a little yeah. bit. So, but yeah. I say we stick with it. Yeah. Because Vegas sounds good to me. I think it's hard to change now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. You're born in 1996. Uh, uh, ben and I were both talking about this. Have you ever purchased a CD? I have actually. Yeah. What, yeah which one? Do you remember so your first I, one or recent I, one? I can remember one. It was actually <laughs> no. I remember buying Fallout Boy yeah. CD for my sister's birthday. So no, she's it, a big was fan. it for you? No, or it wasn't for them? me. It was for my See, sister. But I bought him. the CD for yeah, her. You actually yeah. bought the CD. And then when I was a, I think I would have been like twelve. I yeah. bought a Fifty Cent CD. Nice. Yeah. The first one. Get rich. Die trying. Yeah. And then um, 
my mom wouldn't let me listen. I was going to say explicitly. Yeah, 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 she wouldn't let me listen <laughs> Still to it. Away. Maybe yeah, I don't know. I could find it somewhere. <laughs> See, yeah, I was those like, were the ones. So I if you're 96 and you're 10 years old, you would have been. It was 2006, yeah. and that's that's about the time no one bought CDs. And we're yeah. Ben's disappointed. Yeah, I mean that seems you crazy. To I'm, you're a year older than me, and I reckon I've bought like 500 CDs in my life. <laughs> that's and a lot. I, like, but I, I, I think part of that comes from the orcs and the usb don't work in my yeah. car so i just have cds on cds on cds uh favorite movie you got a favorite movie you said you're a big movie guy you got a few favorites it's hard to pick one mm. yeah i've got a few i got a few favorites i kind of like to go based on like genre yeah yeah genre so i was gonna do that but take a long time i think just go off what do you think? My favorite comedy movie, Step Brothers, for oh, sure. Gosh, it's just uh, so good. Comedy guy right here, yes. Yeah, um, hard to beat. I'm big like historian guy, like like learning about history and stuff like that. And probably my favorite like history movie is uh, Darkest Hour, um, mm-hmm. about um, it's pre World War Two, and it talks about um, just the development, the stories about that, and, and um, you know, building up into you know world biggest conflict in world history. So nice. yeah, deep, talks See, a this, lot this about, church, for, about yeah. Churchill. Yeah, it's really good. Um, there's a book about it too, and I really want to read the so book too. Did you it's say it's a different type of movie than Step Brothers, or was it it's yeah. vastly different? Not as comedic. Nah, not as comedic <laughs> as that one. Um, it's another genre. I'm trying to think of. Uh, Spirited Away. I like actually watching a little bit of anime. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, uh, so Spirit Away is probably my favorite anime movie. Yeah. Okay, last one. Uh, you currently watching any TV series? What do you got going on the go right now? Um, been watching um, Succession on binge. Yeah, really good. Uh, Dave as well on binge. Good. I like. That, like yeah. Dave's really Season good three. series. Is that any good? Season three. Uh, yeah, it's it really is? good. Yeah. Season two got weird. It, it does get a little weird. <laughs> Super weird. Season three is cool because he's on tour. So, oh, okay, yeah, yeah it's it pretty out, like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, it's getting to the point where I kind of just want him to put out an actual album now. Yeah, I know. Like mm. he's, yeah. No, he's been locked in on the series, yeah. Um, <laughs> my favorite TV series, and I can't wait that season seven, is Rick and Morty. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah big Rick and Morty fan. Nice. So. Nice. And Drimmick and I, Anthony Drimmick and I used to have, uh, when we were both playing together in Brisbane, we'd have... Rick and Morty night every Monday night, so Which I'd go over, go over to his place. So you rewatch them though, right? Like yeah, oh yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Start, I start, start season one, yeah, go to the end, 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 and then I'll go again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do yeah. the same with a lot of different series. Yeah, yeah. So all right, man, you passed. There we go. <laughs> Jeez, what, what would have happened if he failed? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think anyone's gonna fail, but those are great answers. Just some deep dives into, with Tanner there. Yeah, no, awesome. Well, Tanner, it's been so good to have you on. Can't wait to see you on the court with the rest of the team. Thanks, man. Yeah, thank you, thank you for having me.